Happy Friday, February 24th, um, meetup number 144. Um, awesome. Crazy. Awesome. So glad everyone's here. Uh, 2,853. Cool. Um, hope everyone's had a great week and a uh, big weekend plans. We'll talk about that in a second. Uh, Jess, how are you? I'm good. Last Friday on the baseball. What's that? Yeah, I missed I missed Friday. Like, how did it go last Friday with Ryan? Did he do okay? Ryan. Like, did, um, you miss me? did you miss me? Everybody missed you. Okay. Yes. I got zero texts, zero people that said they missed me. <laughs> zero. When I'm gone, I, my phone blows up, Jason. I don't know. I'm teasing. Zero. Zero. <laughs> zero. I got zero. <sighs> Uh, no, it was amazing. Dr. Denise Caleb was incredible. Uh, what a great guest. We're so spoiled by the amazing guests we get on this show. Uh, yeah, it was good. And then and then all of a sudden it was this week. And for those of you in Minnesota or who watch the news, like we had this crazy snow event forecasted. Like my school, my kid's school shut down for the whole week. On Tuesday, they said, we're done. We'll see you next week. And then it was a little bit um, uneventful. Wah, if you can put it so uneventful, wah. we still got a crap ton of snow, but. Yeah, you still got a foot of snow, but you're disappointed. Right. That's right. Yeah, like my kids could have been in school. Yeah, exactly. Well, I had a great, thank you for covering last weekend. I had a great weekend in Oregon and Washington, visiting University of Oregon and University of Washington uh, with my son and my mother, which was special. So um, I got to take my mom to visit a high school friend and see her re reunited with one of her high school friends and 82 years old. Um, so really, really cool, cool weekend. Um, so I'm glad that it, I'm glad last Friday was great. And thank you, Ryan, for uh, for standing in. Uh, came back and then I was supposed to get two feet of snow. So what did I do? I got on a plane and left um, and I spent the week in Atlanta. Uh, I, so I flew back from Atlanta this morning. I'm like, hey, this doesn't look too bad. Um, so, uh, yeah, I missed all the snow, I guess. But, uh, oh, there's Ryan. Awesome. Oh, cool. We'll have to bring Ryan on, maybe. I didn't even know he was here. I would have invited him on live to say thank you. <laughs> um, so one thing about the week, Jess. Mm -hmm. you, you need yes. one thing. Oh, wow. Ron went to UW. Interesting. Hmm. How Ron, I love University of Oregon. Like, I almost enrolled while I was there. Um, UW is nice, too. But, like, yeah, I loved that campus in Eugene, Oregon. It was very nice. Go ahead, Jess. Sorry. <clears throat> uh, let's see. One thing about the week. So, because my kids' uh, school was called off, uh, I had a little bit of PTSD, I'll admit, going back to distance learning. I don't think I realized how much that affected me <laughs> going through that with my kids for so long when we did it. Um, this time I appreciated it a lot more. I appreciated the bustle around the house. Uh, the sort of the cutest thing that happened was one morning I had a call at nine o'clock and Bailey, my fifth grader, also had she had a little study group she had created with her friends on a group FaceTime, and she was asking me for math help. And I said, honey, it 
does it have to be done right now? I'm going to go do my nine o'clock call and then I can come and help you with your math. And she said, mom, if you don't help me with my math, I'm not going to have a good job like you and I'll have no meetings to go to. <laughs> wow. She she very if I don't do my math, I'm not going to have a job and I won't have any meetings. <laughs> But don't forget a good job like you. A good That's job what, like you. Good job. You. Yes. Right. Yes. Katie, yes. I Katie, it was hot in Atlanta. Speaking of, sorry, just I saw Katie's note. Yes. That's cool. And I still remind me to talk to you about that text you sent me, by the way, because I still don't get that. I know. <laughs> yeah. The, like so, how I showed up in Bailey's video game. Um, she was playing on her phone. Yeah. She literally and sent me a screenshot last night and said, Mom, I'm playing a game. And this ad popped up and it was Jason for one of your speaking events here in Minneapolis. <laughs> They're clearly doing some targeted geo advertising. Well, I'm sure that's not very good marketing if Bailey's getting it, right? Right. I think they went a little too broad with their targeting. <laughs> awesome. Well, I had some I had some amazing sessions this week with um with great uh both clients, prospects. Um I did a session with uh, uh, the New York HRPS group. And I think Jim, I saw Jim on here. It was so much fun. It was a late evening in New York City, but virtual. Um, yeah. But it was so much fun with the, they, the NY, New York HR uh, Planning Society group has such a great chapter. Um, and Jim Jim is on, I believe, um, you know, and does a great job of programming. So I just loved, loved, loved that this week. Uh, I did like five of those this week, but I had a lot of fun at that one in particular. Um, there were just some great, great questions. Um, yeah, there's a woman from Delta Dental on who was just asking amazing questions. So, uh, wow. yeah, I love that session. And then this week, excuse me, next week, you and I get to do our University of Minnesota class together. I like, love it. We I can't wait. Our live, we get to kind of get to bring our live meetup on campus. Yes. It's like, it's yeah. like college game day. You know, like, do you think there's gonna be all those people there when we show up? No, just kidding. I know there's not. But yeah, I'm so excited for that next week. Yeah, that'll be fun. Last year when we did this, uh, I think we had prepared content. I mean, I'm sure we went prepared with something. Um, we threw it all out the window and we just said, what do you want to talk about? What do you want to know? And they had so many questions because, of course, some of these master's students are already working that's where we met Sky last Sky, year. Exactly. <laughs> That's where we met Sky last year. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. Yeah. And I think, I mean, Steve can can verify, but I, you know, these master's programs, sometimes people are already working and then they go back to collect their master's or sometimes they're going straight through from their undergrad. But it's really interesting when somebody's, you know, still doesn't have that hands-on roll up your sleeves experience compared to their counterparts in the same class. Uh, who who are already in the thick of it. Somebody was asking about designing onboarding and other, you know, the questions were just fantastic across the board. Well, remember Sky. Sky was running HR and payroll systems at a bakery. Yes. A bakery. Um, yeah. When she was when she was in that class, maybe she still is. Um, so like, yeah, lots of uh, the, the, I can't wait. I'm so so excited for that. Uh, evening. Yeah. Um, yeah. And one, I was gonna say one more thing. I forgot what it was. Um, anyway, yeah, I'm really, really excited for that uh, next week. Oh, there was another. Oh, I'm sorry. There was another note um, from Paul. Paul, so the mood regarding the economy is mm. cautious. 
the mood regarding the economy is cautious. Um, and that's, that, I mean, that is the best word. And by the way, Paul, just like a lot of people ask you questions like that, people ask me that all the time. And that's the best word I've come up for. There's not people like, oh, doomsday. But there's also people who are not like, oh, yeah, this is great. Uh, it's cautious. It's watching. And it's really, 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 really moment by moment. Um, it, it, from everything that I can tell. I've been I've done a ton of media stuff in the last couple of weeks on layoffs. Um, even though Jess doesn't like some of the reporters that write the stuff. Sorry. <laughs> yes. Uh, but uh, done a lot of media. undervalued skill. <laughs> exactly. Writing is a valued skill. Exactly. But um, yeah, it's, I mean, there have been a lot of layoffs. Uh, neutralish and sitting still. I don't think they're sitting right. still, Paul. I wouldn't say, I'd say neutralish and doing a lot of planning, scenario based planning. So, what happens if we have to do this? What happens if we have to do this? What happens if we have to do this? So I wouldn't say sitting still, but I would say neutralish, um, and I would say that unfortunately, there's a lot of copycat stuff going on when it comes to reductions, um, and because of especially in public companies, because what's happening is you know, people are making announcements that they're doing layoffs, their stock is popping. And therefore, other people are copying that. Um, so you've got that combined with the lowest unemployment rate that any of us have ever worked with. Which I always, I, I think that's fascinating. Um, the None of us were in HR when this unemployment rate was this low. None of us. So, you know, we've got mass layoffs all over the place that we're reading about, yet the unemployment rate being low. Uh, it's a crazy, it's a crazy time to be in the talent space and even more important to talk about employee value proposition and employee experience like we're going to talk about today. Um, before, Jess, mm. okay, before anyone does it, don't click on that link because what you're going to end up doing is geeking out on that report and then not paying a dang bit of attention to what that's we're talking true. about. Because that's, that's what I did on the plane. Like you put that <laughs> on the thing this morning and I was on the plane this morning and I was like, oh my God, I was so deep into the bowels of uh, that thing. I know. Um, it was crazy. Oh, we should do that. We should record our session. I, oh, don't that's a good let, call. I don't know if Steve will let us record the session, but we, we, we'll figure out a way to do it maybe. Steve, um, we'll talk about that return to, I mean, as you know, the, what was it, the UK or the EU, whoever just did their four, four day work week, you know, trial with all these companies that signed up and um, not 90 plus percent of them will stay that way. The results are in 90 plus percent of that trial uh, are staying that way. We'll talk about hybrid. And Paul, uh, if you, uh, Paul, if you come down, we'll buy you a drink. I have no idea what bars are left down there at the University of Minnesota. Like Bullwinkles isn't there, Grandma's isn't there, but we could probably find a bar to go to uh, afterwards. Also, um, anyway, yeah, yes, Sally. Good thing you emailed yes. it to yourself. It's great light reading. Great light reading. Um, oh yeah, and vir virtual HR tech is this week also. Oh, marketing consultants aren't welcome. Oh, they're funny hmm. about vendors. They're they're looking at you as a vendor, Mark. Oh, dang it. Sorry, Mark. Um, Mark, you could just say uh, you work for Jan or something, and maybe they'll let you in. Yeah. Uh, no idea. <laughs> Change your title. 
well, I, this, these are recorded and I'm like making a mess today. I should just stop talking. <laughs> um, so I guess it's a good question. It's time for our question. How is everyone? Um, mm. well, I, I, first of all, anyone new? I, um, well, yeah. gotta be, there's gotta be new people with the numbers that we have here, but, uh, sometimes the new people don't actually say anything. That's uh, right. If anyone new, welcome. Um, this is something that we do every Friday. The goal of it is to build connection, quote unquote, not just get people connected, but build connection. And one of the things that we do on every meetup as we start the meetup is ask, how are you? And you see people are already putting the color in there for those of you who've never been here. It's really three, Ben, welcome back. It's really three. <laughs> it's really <laughs> James, hello, workers. Told you you'd be in the bowels. Uh, it's three three answers to the question. How are you? Green, yellow, red. Green, yellow, red. Green, great day. Yellow, so-so. Eh, red, not so good. Um, green popsicle. Love it. Um, Congrats. Uh, green, Lisa. That's awesome to see a list of green. Um, oh, Matt's here. Oh, I love the fact that Matt's here. Uh, Tammy, green, green. Oh, always green. Wow. Oh, Elizabeth is here. This is like a, this is a fun, this is a fun group. I mean, not that they're not always fun groups, but there's a lot of fun people in this room. Chartreuse, of course. That's not one of the options, Mr. Ellis, but for you it is. Um, Sherry Ann. Payday Sky, we're, we're gonna get you from yellow to a little greener. Um, orange, starting to, like just the sweater, starting to tackle the job search for remote Canadians. Mm. Trying to change the HR. Very cool. So green, green, a lot of green. So it's good. Um, also, the other thing we do is want to build connection in the community. Um, we've got some really fun kind of announcements in the community over the next couple months about how to even make it bigger and better from a connection standpoint. But uh, for now, put your LinkedIn address here. We're going to do something really cool to build community going forward. But for now, um, put your LinkedIn address here and you guys can connect that way as well to, uh, you know, to share um, and chat with each other as need be. Jess, anything else before we bring on our guest? No, that's good. I want James, <laughs> I want James to have some air time. I can't wait to talk to this dude. <laughs> yeah, now I have... What, hold on. I have to get him on and I have to find his song all at the same time. Oh, I know. When I had to produce Jason last it's week, hard, it isn't was it? stressful. I should right. be dancing and like entertaining everybody here. <laughs> right. It's not as easy when you're thinking about the music and all of that other stuff. And then you've got people like, this is not an unreasonable song to find, but, uh, for whatever reason, I was having a hard time. I will. Okay, I'll I'll dance a little bit. So one of the cutest things about this week with the kids. Oh, sorry. <laughs> with the kids doing distance learning, apparently, and I didn't, I would not have known this because it's not the kind of thing my kids come home and, and tell, uh, but the principal and the assistant principal have a reading challenge going on all month and they walk around and they read aloud in classrooms and the assistant vice principal uh, recorded herself on video uh, so that all the kids who were at home 
in the snowstorm could could watch what she normally would have read in the classroom. And she read Langston Hughes, famous black poet celebrating Black History Month. It was so sweet. I watched it myself without any kids. All five minutes of her reading about Langston Hughes. It was it was so cute. Sometimes I look at these schools, learning environment, early learning environments, and I realize they're doing a lot of things better <laughs> than we are in corporate environments, just around culture and learning. And anyway, it was very, very cute. Did I buy enough time? You more than danced. <laughs> um, thank you. Uh, someone asked if your internet handled all that activity. Um, yes, I think you yeah. you've gotten it to that point. And I don't know, how, many, how many people have seen the Workday commercials? Speaking of that, because I was about to say, we have a rock star guest today, but it's <laughs> those Workday commercials have changed we're not my supposed whole. To say. <laughs> yeah, we're not supposed to say rock star, right? Is that what we're not supposed to say that in business? Because the rock stars get offended. We should ask the like, EV expert. Ozzy what? Osbourne doesn't like that or something. Is that what he said? Oz Osbourne or Oswald? So this time on didn't really like that, but See, they Dominic are great commercials. Yeah, they are. <laughs> some people like them, some people don't like them. Can you hear me? We can, we can hear, hear you. you but like you're, if, uh, if, if I could show you what I'm seeing on my camera, I'm, I, I've clearly had about to have an episode. It, it's going to be that kind of day. Yeah, it's... <laughs> Well, it's the same thing that we're seeing on our camera. Okay. It's the same I think thing I have we're to see our screen. I'm going to kick out and come back in. I will be right back. I think yeah, that's a good idea. Close the browser going... tab, come right back yeah. in. I'll be right there. Okay. Oh, my God. That was going a little manic, wasn't it? It's better than Maureen, being Zoom bombed. <laughs> do, you see what, do you see what Maureen said? The system's spazzing out. <laughs> right. And I said it's trippy. trippy. Those are great technical terms, you guys. Uh, for what whatever that was that was going on there. I got dizzy. Wow, look at that. Change default camera from OBS feed to direct camera. Was, yeah. <laughs> rave music, yes. I love okay. it. People are still connecting. I'm seeing new names here. Maybe you guys are, uh, are always here hanging out with us. Yes, let's try again. Uh, but I love seeing... <laughs> oh, that felt more promising. Oh man! Hmm. All right, one more time. I'm gonna try another browser. Hey James, James, someone said change default video from OBS feed to direct camera. Yeah, I tried, and it wouldn't show me a direct camera. Hmm. Okay, right. I'll be right back. One more time. Sorry. Okay. No, no, you're good. It's just the buildup. Um, otherwise, we're just gonna turn off your video and uh, <laughs> call a teenager to help. Otherwise, That's we're just right. gonna turn off your video and we're gonna talk to you because we just want to hear you. I mean. He's good to see too, right? Yeah, but for sure. Dry 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 for <laughs> that is for sure, Mark. Mark, by the way, I saw that picture of your uh, leg. Um, sorry to uh, see that you're, you're hurt there. I don't know what happened. Was it Mark that hurt his leg? I think that's whose picture I saw. Did you see it? I haven't yet. Sorry to hear that, Mark. I saw someone with a, a walking boot on. I think it was Mark. So Mark, sorry to hear that. I, yes, it is. It was Mark. I recognize that foot anywhere. Um, okay, that let's was see if almost me last night, uh, Jason. I told you the story of, you know, because of all this snow in Minneapolis, the garbage didn't get collected, and I had a full bin at the end of my driveway, which is steep and curved and covered in ice and snow. <laughs> I had to. Yes, of course, James, take your time. And phone might have to be a backup. 
uh, pulling it up on your on on the browser on the phone. Um, but me pushing and pulling and trying to heave that full garbage bin up my um, iced, <laughs> snowy, steep driveway last night probably should have been videotaped. I should ask my neighbors for their ring footage. <laughs> hey, you know what I was doing last night? I do. Playing top golf. <laughs> so jealous. Yes. Yeah. Has anyone ever played top golf? The most frustrating game. Fun yet frustrating at the same time because you can be a very good golfer and not do well mm. on top. Why golf. is it so different? And you can be a really, you can really be a really bad golfer and win at Top Golf. So I stand a chance. If you fall in the bad category, yes, you do. <laughs> yes. Uh, and I'm a and I'm kind of a middle of the road, which really got me nowhere. So. Uh, but it was fun. It was, Top golf was fun out uh, out in uh, Atlanta, Georgia. Sarah likes it. We should do like a Top Golf. Well, are we going to do the ice thing still? Uh, I have I have questions about that. Uh, concerns. <laughs> are we still like? Are we going to do the ice dive? Like we're running out of time. I think. Um, based on the temperatures, we should have plenty of time. But I'm not sure the I and and Steve can tell us. I've been watching your Instagram, Steve. Is it safe? I think the ice conditions. <laughs> if the I the weird thing about snow is that it insulates and it you know it. That's why ice is not always safe on lakes, even if there it's been cold for months and there's tons of snow. I'm not sure if the ice good through mid April. Okay. We'll just do it. If the what is what actually what's the danger of the ice cracking beneath us? We're going in anyway. <laughs> yeah. So we should just get on the calendar, right? Like not next week. We'll have to look and see what when we don't have a guest because it's gonna be real well, not that we're good at getting our guests on video anyway, clearly. Um, but we'll have to do it at a time where we don't have a guest. So we can just be out on the lake like that. But yeah. Yeah, we'll do it. What what it, it would be fun to get that in this year. Yeah. Yeah. And like there. Ryan hosted last week. So that means he's for sure there. Right. right? Anyone who's hosted has to be there. <clears throat> Going well. in. Plunging. Yeah. yeah. Getting in the water. Okay. Okay. What about, what about James? Where'd he go? But yeah, we can fundraise. We did Ronald McDonald house. Oh, oh <laughs> third browser. Third browser. Third browser. What? I mean, my goodness. <laughs> he is we, there. We're really good at dancing. We do it all the good time. to see you, James. <laughs> hey, everybody. Hey, th great to see you, Jason, nice. Jess. How you guys doing? Thanks good. for being here. Do I need to do this again? <laughs> that was the most anticlimactic walk up that was ever yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah. Where'd he go? Where'd he go? That's right. Steve got it to hear it twice. That's all matters. And then there was a rain delay. It was a walk-up song, <laughs> rain delay, and now here you are. It's all about increasing anticipation. It's the friction and the release, and the friction Whoa. and the release. And suddenly the bald dude's there, and you're like, oh, I can't believe he's here. <laughs> and here you are. How's and my favorite city? How's Chicago? Uh, not nearly as snowy as one would expect. I'll mm. just say that. You get more snow in L.A. and Vegas this year than you do in Chicago, it seems so. I don't know. Everything. No, what's global warming? What are you talking about? That's clearly a fake. Right. 
<laughs> yeah, yeah. No, everything's good. Everything's good. It's a, it's a lovely, sunny but cold uh, Chicago day. So there you go. Yes. I can't wait for this topic, James. Okay. Your topic, your expertise. And I have a million reasons I'm excited to do it right now. And one of them is that some people might be surprised we're talking about employer branding right now. Like, what do we need that for? It's an employer's market. We're just who would be surprised? Who would be surprised about that? Yeah, yeah, it's it's pretty funny. Look, employer brands one of those things where everybody thinks they know it and like nobody knows it. Like I saw an article on a very well-read employer, not employer, talent recruitment publication where the the gist of it was recruiters should have this thing like a like a uh, like a like a selling point or a, a value or something some value they would give to Kansas maybe a proposition of some sort of value it was like uh, oh, they're inventing employer branding 30 years after it's been invented it feels like hey i found this round thing i think i'm going to attach it to my car maybe make my car go faster it's like mm -hmm. no one gets it and it's the truth is even lots of employer branders don't quite get it like i still am in conversations where people are like oh it's it's there to increase the top of the funnel you're like no no it's not it really is the beating heart of what your talent acquisition team is about in fact to some extent it is your talent acquisition strategy and if you think you don't need strategy i i don't want to have to be the one to tell you you're wrong but you're wrong anyway so that's the thing is it, it is the heart of talent acts of talent strategy. So embrace it and use it. Otherwise it's just going to sit there doing nothing. So you just corrected yourself and I want to know if it was intentional. I was going to argue that you should drop acquisition because it's not, we forget to flip our employer brand internal Yeah, and yeah. keep treating our people with the same grace and attraction and nurturing strategies and like keep dating like keep yeah. dating your spouse kind of thing yeah um, exactly. it is a talent strategy it's part of a talent strategy and it's incredibly useful when used in the attraction and nurture exactly exactly my thinking is is that look employ employer brand is already so poorly understood people still think of it as this tiny tiny thing that's like hey let's write better ads and have job postings that don't suck and let's have recruiters say something more than we're hiring which is of course junk uh i'm, I'm still fighting that fight the idea that i'm going to work with hr hand in hand and say look these are the core ideas why people show up they're also the core ideas why they show up every monday it's the reason they showed up every week every day it's the reason they bring their passion those things are true my hope is if you, I'm promised, if you connect the, all those dots, you're like, well, the only person in charge of the employer brand is the CEO, and they got better things to do than worry about this per se. It's like that's a full time job, and they got other things to worry about. So it doesn't quite fit. It doesn't fit in the box very well. So I'm trying to just optimize inside this box of look, if we do our jobs right in employer branding, and we establish these reasons why people love working here, and we communicate them well. It's a weird halo effect where you communicate them to candidates, but it trickles into employees and it starts to keep that flywheel moving where people say, oh, I joined this company because it has amazing opportunity for me to develop myself and I see it every day and I keep reinforcing every day and that's why I keep showing up. And then when someone tries to poach you, you're like, you have amazing de uh, development opportunities. That's a great thing for you to say. I live it every day here. And suddenly they stick around. It is retention. It is all that other stuff. So yeah. it, it's a question that you got to pick your battles. I can't can't fight all the fights. It's, it's exhausting. Okay, hold on. I got to stop. Hold on. You guys are <laughs> that can't be done. Can't be done. I found my third browser. The third browser works, and you cannot yeah, you stop. Anymore. Way too fast for me. Um, okay. Well, I got too many <laughs> questions, and then there's already questions coming in. So uh -huh. Jessica said, "How do you get those photos now 
though, unless you're forcing people back into the office. I, um, I love her sarcasm. Uh, uh, yeah, I, I, photos are such a great fight, right? Employer, and I've had this fight when I was an agency side, and we talked about this idea. Okay, there's this, there's there's photos of you at the party. And there's photos of you blowing up balloons to fill an office because it's a funny joke and it's a it's a it's a completely authentic moment but it's not a regular moment it doesn't happen every tuesday it happens once every blue moon then the stock photos show up right exactly is that your every day is that literally your every day if so there are this was, this was this was literally last night yeah but was it the night before and the night before and the night before right was it was it thursday at lunch and if it was, again, that's a whole selling point. We had you may not have been embracing yet, but the stock, and I won't, and I want to create a differentiation between actual stock photography, meaning not people who work there and just models. And there, there's three stock photos I see over and over and over again. Right. Everybody knows the smiling guy with the beard and the and the, the post-it. No, he's like, yeah, oh, I hate that guy. I hate that guy. I want to know where he is. He is too flipping happy. Anyway, there's stock photos, which is bullshit, and let's throw it away. And then there's stock feeling photos, posed, framed, well lit, and they're doing a good job illustrating what a day-to-day -day might look like. And I think to me, it's the intersection. It's doing both of, hey, here's what broad strokes the job is like, the company's like, and here's some weird data points that deviate slightly, but it's clearly taken from a cell phone or it's clearly taken from a smartphone. It's clearly that happens just once, but it, it, illustrates a feeling and that's the thing about employer brand because it's, it's a feeling right the reason you buy shoes a car you know that vest whatever it is it's a feeling you get you don't say okay well patagonia is an excellent and i went and checked compared it to these 12 other companies and i did the spreadsheet no you know what patagonia is all about you like what they're about you like what wearing that jacket says about you it's a feeling an employer brand is so mired into data points and bullet points and feature lists. And it's like, no, it's about the feeling. And sometimes feelings, well, not sometimes, every time feelings aren't rational, right? You like a thing because you like a thing. So spell it out. Like I talk about like a Rothko painting. For those of you who don't know Rothko, it's just black. And then there's a red square in the middle. That's the most famous one. You look at a red square and you go, I feel something why it's a red square is it the shape is it the size is it the shade is it just that one brush stroke right over there i don't know it's all of it together it creates a feeling and employer brand and recruiters need to stop kind of breaking it into pieces say there's a data point there look at the whole situation and create them. what is the feeling you're trying to to spark in somebody else that's where it is so if the answer is cell phone photos, great. If that's how you spark that feeling, do it. If it is posed photos, great, do that. If it's both, great, do that. There is no answer for any of this stuff. Like I don't expect to see Goldman Sachs, you know, building its brand on the back of a cell phone photo. They're Goldman Sachs. They got everybody's money, right? They got all the stuff. They have full-time <laughs> photographers and video crews just roaming around, taking and capturing images. I expect gloriousness from them. Your local Bob's house or whatever's, it's different. I want to talk about Maureen's question. It's a very tactical question, but it it begs a bigger conversation. So she's saying some companies are hesitant to use employee photos because if they leave, now you have to go update photos and you have to keep inventory of who's a, you know who appears where and it feels like yeah. um, and so you lose sort of the evergreen. Here's the problem with that, Maureen. That may be true, but here is the problem. We act like people are only valuable while we're happily employed together. 
we, oh, this drives me nuts, James. Why don't you treat your alumni like an extension of your community? If you're an employer, yeah. you have a talent community. Hopefully mm -hmm. you have pre-employed talent community members. Those are the people who are aware of your brand, mm -hmm. went through efforts to attract them. They're super excited about what you offer. Them. How it, Yeah. Yes. They admire your values. Maybe they buy some of your products already. Like mm -hmm. that's ripe talent community. You can do almost yep. anything with them. You can hire them. You can sell them stuff. You can whatever. Turn them into Get referrals from them. Some yep. of them you hire, like your yep. own workforce is an, the most active and sticky part of your community if you're doing the right thing with them. But even when people leave, why do you not put them in an alumni community mm -hmm. and keep talking to them and keep serving them and keep, you know, that brand loyalty? Yep. I think we think about this in the wrong way. And, and totally. maybe that's where we go wrong and get a little transactional with our employer brand as well. Yeah. I, I want to kind of break apart Martin's question. It's not the company thinks that it's HR who thinks that let's just be yeah. crystal clear. It's HR whose stick is firmly ensconced up, up the rectum. But anyway, uh, and I love <laughs> HR, but I also like to, Hey, Hey, hey it, that was a medical term. That wasn't even swearing. Okay. <laughs> Um, and of course, there's the employer brand axiom that says if you do a video or a photo of it more than two people, one of them is guaranteed to quit in the next three weeks. Guaranteed. Every single time, it's just like like clockwork. And you can't say, let's just build this machine to generate content over and over again. The truth is, if they said that thing, if they had that moment in front of the camera, it was true in the moment. You don't say that photo's five minutes old. It's not true anymore. It was true in the moment. It's using to express an idea. It's using to elicit a feeling. What the heck's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? Just because they left. Now, HR's argument is always that, well, if they left, they might say some horrible things about you. I'm like, yeah, but they won't if you treated them right. You, sir, in the back, in, in the back, you had a question, sir? <laughs> yes, yes, please, right here. <laughs> uh, sorry, that was the only way I was going to get my question in. And Nancy yeah. prompted it, the same question I was going to ask earlier, but now since Nancy put it in there, I want to talk about it. So this group I was presenting to, maybe you heard, I was talked to a New York HR Planning mm -hmm. Society group earlier this week. And one of the questions that they actually asked me, my, my topic was on employee experience. And they actually said to me in a question, what's the difference between employee experience and employee value proposition and employee branding? Has employee experience just taken over employee value proposition as the cool thing? Are they yeah. different? So I would love to hear you talk about that because yeah. it's a, I, I think it's a fascinating question. And I think there's yeah. parts, there's ways there's it. I think, unfortunately, the answer is it depends, but I'd love to hear your take on it. All good questions. All good questions have an answer of it depends, of course, right? Um, look, I'm going to ask recruiters. Recruiters, right now, if I said, can you come up with 50 positive things you could say about your company right now? Is there anybody in this room who could not do that? 50. That's a big number. And that's, a, that's a big number. Now, when you go say, you should join our company. Reason number one, blah, blah, blah. Reason number two, you, know, you, don't, you don't do that. You don't give me 50. What you do is you cherry pick. And you don't cherry pick based on, this is my favorite today. You cherry pick based on this idea that we want to be known for a thing, right? What's the difference between Nike and Adidas sneakers? Nothing. Not, not, not a thing, right? There's no daylight between those things. And yet people love Nike and people love Adidas or Adidas if you're in Europe, right? Just being particular about that. I know I get calls. Mm -hmm. um, it, <laughs> the difference is how you feel and how you perceive it. It's the, it's the idea that Adidas's marketing is all about meet the superstars who wear our amazing shoes. And Nike's message is always about everybody who wears our shoe is a superstar. Mm -hmm. 
Well, the difference is not existent. And yet people feel things about certain things. So the experience is the totality, but you can't incorporate, encapsulate the entire experience. So what you do is you cherry pick the things that strategically you say, this is what makes me different, right? This is the thing I want to be known for. I want to be known as the caring company. I want to be known as the opportunity company. I want to be known as the status company. I want to be known as the company that pays you more than anybody else. And that's why everybody wants to work here at Netflix uh, or Goldman Sachs, either one. I want to be known as the company who develops its people more than anybody else. I want to be known as the company that supports its teams more than anybody else. All those things may be true in your company, but what do you go to market with? And that is what employer branding strategically is about. And then you go put a super fine point on that thing as your, what's your employer brand or EVP. And you say, in a nutshell, it's this plus this, or it's this and this, or this and this, this, this. Like it's, it's super, super tight. It is the tip of the spear. The challenge most people have with employer branding is when I distill the entirety of the employee experience down to a little bit anything, they say, my company's bigger than that. And you're like, yes, but that's the tip of the spear. The spear gets way bigger back end, right? That's just how spears work. That's the thing is that in a crowded marketplace, you type in a job in LinkedIn or Indeed jobs and you say, show me all the project manager jobs. There's 4 trillion jobs come up. How do you pick? And the answer is the hook of the brand is something you like and you investigate further, right? Mm -hmm. The employer brand isn't a novel. It's the title of the novel to get you to go, I wonder what's in this novel. And you do your own research and you make your own decisions and you have these feelings. You can't be everything to everyone, correct? So who are you for? What are you about? What is the hook that's going to make people want to learn more? That is the difference between employee experience, which is big and messy and sloppy, and employer branding, which is a little more strategic in how it presents that employee experience. And not only- Just, 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 I just one quick yeah. follow-up. Yes. And then I'll then back over to you. So how often do you, yes, that's what we do all the time. Yes. Um, but I have the lighter in my hand today. Uh, so <laughs> I have backup. Hi everybody, how are you? <laughs> Not now. Not so, now. I have how often, I don't know. <laughs> brought a knife to a gunfight. How often, how often does the employee value proposition is it bait and switch? So, you know, I do all this stuff. I say those 50 things and then all of a sudden they get there. The employee experience isn't good. Nothing matches what we said, et cetera, et cetera. And then all of a sudden we're like, I mean, how often does that happen? Because yeah. that's where I think everything you're saying about employee, the tip of the spear is great. But once you're there, yeah. you're, it's, yeah. you're not just the tip. It's the whole thing. Yeah. And that's where totally it, it that. falls apart if you don't follow through, in my personal belief. An employer brand is 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 it is endemic that we end up being cheerleaders. It is really a sad position when we're not cheerleaders. We really should be tellers of a truth, but a particular yes. kind of truth. Okay. So here's the thing. So let me give you a story. You're gonna you're looking for a job. It's a company you've never heard of, and you go on Glassdoor and you read you know, the, the, the company. Let me read the reviews. And someone says this place is a nightmare. No one knows who's in charge. There's no rules. There's no processes. Everybody's just doing off on their own. They're doing all sorts of crazy stuff. I didn't know who to who had to sign off on my paperwork. I didn't even know I didn't need to have paperwork. It was just nuts. There is no there. It's all asylums running this particular. You know, all, all inmates running this particular assignment. This place is nuts. And described thusly, it sounds like a terrifying place. Or this is a place in which we expect you to be adults and be experts, which means we don't tell you how to do your job. You tell us how you do your job and we give you as much room as you want to run and you have as much opportunity as you want to just take it as far as you can go. Of course, if you screw up, 
bye-bye. It's been nice knowing you and we're all still friends, but simple as that, it's opportunity and autonomy. It's the same company. The thing is every strength is a weakness. Every weakness is a strength. Everything you love about the brand, there is a dark side to it. A company that takes care of its people, that sounds fantastic. Yeah, except it becomes a bit of a nanny state and it becomes overwhelming and it's like, oh, you can't really make a, an individual decision. You want a place where it's all about, I don't know, opportunity? Great. But that means you have to take those opportunities or else you're going to be the one left behind. Every good thing has a dark side. Employer brand needs to embrace this idea that every good thing has a bad part of it too and talk about it and not treat it like cheerleaders because here's the magic trick, the dark side proves the good, right? If I just said this is a place of maximum opportunity and maximum autonomy and it's wonderful and it's pupsies and daisies, you go, yeah, it's a recruiter trying to sell me something and that is. But if I say it's a place of maximum opportunity and autonomy, by the way, it gets a little crazy because of that, I go, you must be telling me the truth because you told me something negative that supports the way I think about the positive. I get this. And mm -hmm. to me, what's in shortest supply in recruiting is not data points. It's credibility. It's yeah. believability. It's trust. It's, it's truth. It's some sort of sense of, okay, I'm being told all these claims. What is really true? And that by telling the both the negative and the positive, that's how you get to real credibility. And that's how recruiters can really knock it out of the park every single day. That was my question. My my point was really about honesty. Honestly, the best selling tool you have is is authenticity mm -hmm. and honesty. We're all intelligent people. We don't expect perfection. We don't expect nirvana. We probably don't even believe that exists, but we do expect an honest picture of what we'll see when we come in and what we'll actually experience. And there's mm -hmm. nothing wrong with that. In fact, I would argue um, that's a better selling tool because now you're transparent, you're communicative, yeah. you treat me like an adult uh, with a brain in my head. Because if it's if it's not going to ring true once I mm. once I come in, that feels dishonest. Yeah, but I wouldn't I wouldn't say there are good things and they're over here, and there are bad things and they're over here. They're actually the same thing. And yeah. the more you see them as the same thing, the more you can realize. Talk about the negatives. I mean, the way you're couching it says if I talk about the negatives, I become more truthful i become more i become more trustworthy and that is is true what i'm saying is leverage the negative side to make the positive even more effective because when that happens when you say look we really are about autonomy it makes it crystal clear for the candidate to choose yes or no and that's really what it's all about making a truly informed choice i want this company or i don't want this company it's the companies who just plaster great place to work logos everywhere on their LinkedIn and career site. And like great place to work for who? It isn't going to be me because you haven't really done a good job selling it. I mean, let's be fair. The phrase great place to work is a partial sentence. It is not a complete thought. It is a great place for whom? In what way? And how does that manifest itself? And that's the problem is we slap these labels and say great place to work. And it makes us cheerleaders, which I hate. So tying all of this Yes. No, no, you, you. <laughs> Tying all of this to low unemployment rate. Mm. Tying all of this to, hey, your company just laid off 10,000. Why are you saying you're hiring? Mm. Um, let's yeah. tie this to the now of work a little bit and say, is employee value proposition more important, less important? Should it stay the same, even though all the rest of the stuff around us has changed? You know, companies haven't decided whether people are working five days or four days. Companies haven't decided whether people are going to the office or working from home. Like, how how do you how do you market that? The employer brand is the why you made those decisions. It's the why, 
And so you want to tell me that Facebook is laying off people and they're planning on laying off more people and they're just doing it to make a stock price go up. That's their why. That's their brand now. It's all about the dollar. It's all about making the money. And that's fine. Their companies, let's be fair, no one worked at Facebook because they were really excited to save the whales. That was not Facebook's pitch, right? You work at Facebook because they pay a stack cash and your mom knows what that company is and it seems like it's growing really fast. So the fact that the dollar is the reason you're getting laid off makes perfect sense. It's the reason you showed up in the first place. You live by the sword, you died by the sword. Alternatively, these smaller companies who can't you know, offer these kind of massive cash bonuses and massive salaries, they have a different reason to do what they do. They have a different way of approaching why they hire and who they hire. We're about collaboration and teamwork. We know that we are always better than me. We, you know, that model is crystal clear. And then when they have to lay off people, they say, look, we decided to lay off people. We made that decision. It's the why behind all those headlines and all the things, the splashy things you say. When you get to the why, things make sense. It's when you don't have a why that it looks like it's just some jerk in accounting, some you know bean counters and okay, red line, the top 4%, get rid of them and blah, 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 blah. There's no why to it. And without that why, you just project your own and it's never positive, it's never useful. So understanding your why and communicating it tells the story of why you chose to let people go and why you're still hiring or why you're continuing to hire in this direction or for these roles. That is something we let go. We just look, look, look at your average job posting. It's just a series of ugly bullets that seem angry at people who read them, right? It just seems like we don't like you. And if you just actually read these things, well, yeah, like they're flipping you off. They really don't like you, most of these job postings. Congratulations, you're starting the entire relationship in an antagonistic kind of model. Great job postings, great outreach, great conversations. Start with that why. Do you like the way we do these things? Do you like our why? Great. Learn more about us and make your own decisions. That's where employer brand should be kind of interweaving some of that strategic why modeling inside these larger, whether they're macroeconomic, whether they're macro decision, your macro business decisions, whatever, you know, you... If you're a big company, there's an inherent bureaucracy and there's an inherent kind of like, hey, you're a you're a cog in a machine and sometimes you're great, but you just got the line and that's how it is sometimes. But the why can help make that story more interesting and engaging for the company for the future. And it can be useful for the person being let go to say, I understand why I was being let go. I want to answer Paul's question because this is this is the scab I couldn't wait to pick with you. <laughs> Employer brand should matter all the time, right? Not just in a candidate-driven market. Two reasons that's a yes. <clears throat> and one of them actually goes back to that global labor market article I sent earlier in the chat. If you look at the macro trends and what has happened and will continue to happen to our global labor market, I know it's deceiving right now. It's artificially deceiving because unemployment is so, so low but this is a global macro trend that shows us, unless a meteor hits us or something, you know, that shows us the talent market will continue to, to constrict for lots of reasons, the article explains very well. Uh, and, and anybody who's heard me talk about this before, I love to call bullshit on this, but it's true, it will continue to restrict. The part that I call bullshit on is that there's so much untapped, underrepresented, underutilized, there's so much talent, we will be forced to activate that we haven't done a good job activating before. The yeah. biggest group of diverse talent in the universe is working moms. There are ways to activate working moms, remove the barriers 
that are that are in front of them. All of them are the underrepresented, underprivileged. There's millions of pockets of talent that we will now have to upskill and activate better than we ever have before to overcome what's what has only just started at a global yeah. macro level. Employer brand is going to matter more than ever. You literally need to know exactly what you stand for and what you offer and how you're going to overcome those talent barriers because you're going to need people. Yeah. Forget these like short-term reactionary layoffs we're all seeing right now. You're going to need people more than ever and you're gonna have to have a good story to tell. I take it even a step further. I think, you know, I'm a big Tom Peters fan. Maybe there are people here old enough to remember Tom Peters and I just adore the man because he got paid to wade through a, a, a ballroom full of 500 executives and tell them how stupid they were. I mean, my goodness, what who does not want that job? That's the best job in the world. Um, he always joked that for the 80s and 90s, we spent so much time and money hiring the best and brightest and asked them to leave their brain at the door. Right. We said, don't bring your passion, don't bring your thoughts, just show up and do the job you're told to do. Now, over the last 20 years, we've seen a shift. It's just not happened all the way. There's still so much in people and there are so many people that we could be tapping to say, look, join this particular, and let's not call it a company, let's call it a very particular revolution. It's a very, very tiny seven person, 700, 7,000 person revolution where we are going to change how people buy sneakers, how people get taxi cabs, how people, whatever. It is a tiny revolution. You are not hiring people. You're finding volunteers. You are high, finding people who are going to give their blood, their sweat, their tears, their passion, their excitement, their interest, their attention to your revolution. And when you start mm -hmm. to think about people that way, it radically changes how you approach talent acquisition, okay. HR, attraction, all that stuff. You are making these tiny revolutions. And so there are plenty of people. And I think that the value of employer brand is that not so much that you get to activate these people, is that you get to tap into a resource that you didn't get to tap in before. Because most people are very, very smart and they give 20% at work, right? Because they're doing what they're told. Like, no, hey, I, I gave, I made it a suggestion once and I got smacked down. Guess what? I'm never doing that again, right? You're not going to, you're just going to get my action. You're not going to get my mind. And the more you have a company of people's minds who are pointed in the right direction, the better that company is. Any sports team, any sports coach will tell you, it's not that you have rock stars and, and, and athlete stars. It's that everybody is connected and they understand what they're doing this for and how they're helping each other because it, the we always beats the me. That is a model that more companies should be involved in, should be embracing this idea that it's not about hiring the best of the best every time. It's about saying, Look, we need people who understand empathy and who understand each other and are willing to step up and are willing to, to say, that's not my job, but I want to be a part of that. And I want to help out who do that magic trick of saying, I'm incredibly busy, but that's really interesting. So I'm going to find the time for that idea. That is how human beings work. But at some point we go to work and we forget that, right? We, we kind of get, we get it human resourced out of the process. We deal in think, concepts of man hours as if that's a thing. Um, and that's employer brand says, this is the North Star. This is the revolution you're joining. This is why we do what we do. It's a tiny piece of that bigger picture of the now of work, but it is a, it's a valuable piece. It is that strategy of why this person, why now, where are we going and how are they going to help us take us there? I love it. Talk of a revolution. Question. Yes. In the back. Um, <laughs> thank you for yeah. Um, so why, why, why do you think that employee value proposition is oftentimes led and discussed in the talent acquisition function 
and not discussed as much in the other functions within HR. It's actually a really uh, simple answer. Oh, good. Yeah, it, well, then I'm going to shut it, up. It's because it's because no matter where an employer brand lives, talent acquisition is its first customer, first, always, every time, always. If you are trying to build an employer brand in marketing, you should be spending most of your time in talking to talent acquisition, serving talent acquisition. How can I write a better job posting? How can I write a better headline? How can I make a better video for you? How can we talk about your outreach? Everything is about serving them first, because if you don't serve them first, it's like saying, okay, how do you fix a leaky pipe if you don't turn the water off? You're just bringing in more bad people and you're focusing on people who are already here. No, start where the water is and say, okay, let's change the water at the top of that particular I've got four metaphors here. I'm trying not to mix them all up, but I'm going <laughs> to, uh, but you know, we want to make sure that, you know, at the, at, the, at the fountainhead of it, you're not like bringing in bad water. You're bringing in clean water. And that's why employer brand always starts in talent acquisition. Should it live there? I don't care. I'm completely agnostic about where it should live. So long as it realizes it serves talent acquisition first, but only first, second, third, fourth, fifth, there's plenty of other people who need it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what, what I want to make sure James is that when we think about this employee experience and then alumni, that it, Go, it keeps flowing. Yes. yes. Because the problem is that I see way too many organizations, talent acquisition owns it. They mm-hmm. pay the money to get it done, which is all cool. But then, it, like the internet or portal doesn't say anything about the value yeah. proposition. And yeah. then this person leaves, and we don't talk about the value proposition because talent acquisition works north south instead of east west. And yeah. that's where it, I'd love, that's why I asked the question, because it bothers the heck out of me when it feels like a bait and switch. Like, yeah. hey, We'll get you in, but then once you're in, it's going to feel different than what we said. Yeah. And that's the hope is that in talent or employer brand should start there, but it should leak through. Like if you say we're all about opportunity and you tell that to people coming in, you're actually bringing in people who want an opportunity, which means your staff now has more people who want opportunity. Some of them will leave because they're like, what, what is an opportunity? I don't want this opportunity. They leave, which means you have to go hire more people and talk about opportunity. So employer brand is a filter by which you bring in the people to effectively manifest the ideas in the EVP. Is that a slow play? Absolutely. Absolutely. That's not happening in flick of a switch tomorrow. Right. I mean, for but, example, I fell in love. I fell in love with your revolution. I, I just fell in love with your revolution. I'm going to use it. Yeah. I fell in love with it. But I guarantee you that if a manager doesn't think that way, it's going to fall apart faster yep. than you can spell revolution. Yep. So it, it, it's not just, it, it can't just be the talent acquisition thing. Cause you, you sold me, I was ready to join the company. But then if all of a sudden the manager doesn't act that way, I'm ready to leave the company just as fast. Yeah. Yeah. That's why employer branding needs to not just be in talent acquisition and to focus just on applicants. But it is to say, look, once we're bringing these people in, let's continue that story. What is, you know, honestly, the reason I talk about, you know, know, in the way in which I talk about opportunity to the incoming class, so to speak, is that I talk and find people inside the company who care about opportunity and talk about it. There's a great author, and I'm going to butcher his name. The book is called uh, Homo Imitus. It's 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 uh, Arturo Herrero. I want to say that. That's, I might be butchering that. It's this idea that inside of organizations and corporations are always organizations, and and actually they're they're, they're uh, or, not, what are, uh, organisms really. When someone starts to decide to do something and they make a change. Very often, the people around them copy that change. People think, oh, that's a better way to do it. I like what that doing. And so you can create this organic change inside an organism and organization by finding people and ramping up the volume of the things they're saying. 
So when I'm an employer brand, what I'm doing is saying, okay, I understand the EVP and I understand what I want to say, but I want to find people inside who can speak it and say it and live it and illustrate it and shine the biggest, brightest spotlight on them so that the manager sitting next to them goes, why am I not hiring good people? Why is that guy hiring good people? Why is she doing all the best? Why is, why is that? And you're like, that copy some of the things they're saying and it becomes an organic change. Change dictated from the top never lasts. Change where everybody sees the value of it and bonds together and says, we can make this change together. That's the change that lasts a long, long time. Again, you're talking years of, of shifting. Uh, there is no quick fix here, but that is how employer brand can start to shift the tide of the culture, the behavior, the values, all that stuff. I am so sad we're out of time and I'm so sad. I just saw Anthony's question. There's no way we can do it justice. Uh, when I, I don't know if I'm reading into your question, Anthony, when an employer brand can discriminate or he's asking about age discrimination. Oh, that's like a whole other topic. You're just going to have to come back, James. Okay. All right. I'll make, I know a browser use this time. What's that? I know a browser use this time. I love that we landed where we landed, which is number one, your employer brand needs to be true. It's really hard to replicate a lie yeah, yeah. <laughs> or, or, you know, um, something that feels shifting or, or ill-defined. Number one, it needs to be true. Number two, it needs to be activated everywhere in the employee journey, not just the pre-employee journey. Uh, so much more around brand James, stuff. Thank you James, so thank for being you. here. James just put his newsletter link right there also. Um, so employerbrandheadlines.com. Please go to that. There was also a link in the call to action earlier. So James, thank you so much for being here. Thanks thank so much you. for asking me. This has been a blast. Awesome. Have a great thank weekend. All right. Thanks, everybody. Jess, next week is oh. our first show of March. March Madness. It's the first show of March. Mm-hmm. March 3rd. So I uh, hope everyone can join us next uh, next week. First show of March. Really, really excited. That was a great, great session. I love that. We need to keep playing on that um, in more sessions throughout, Jess. Yeah, for sure. We don't talk enough about brand. And we're seeing when it goes poorly, when it's not activated well, <laughs> and a few too many examples, uh, and it's going to be a candidate. Or it is still a candidate-driven market in a lot of sectors. So... Uh, this is an important thing that people need to understand because we're talking a lot about experience and whole person and all of these things. You have to know how to activate it. And be sure to read Jess's report that she posted earlier in the chat. Steve, we'll see you Thursday. And then we'll see you guys all next Friday. Have a good weekend, everyone.